Welcome to Magic with Gadgets, brought to you by RecipeThis.com. I am Samantha, your host, and love to chat about the magic of kitchen gadgets for easy, delicious and cheap everyday cooking. Before we dive into this week's podcast episode, I wanted to talk to you about our air fryer bucket list. In a nutshell, it's a totally free, awesome e-cookbook featuring the 25 must-make bucket list worthy air fryer recipes. Pause the podcast now and grab yourself a free copy by entering your email address at recipethis.com forward slash AF bucket list or search bucket list at recipethis.com. Welcome to the Ask Me Anything episode of Magic with Gadgets. I get so many questions that are sent over to me via email, social media, or just people I meet when I'm out and about when I mention that I've got a Kitchen Gadgets food blog. I thought it'd be interesting today to run through a few of the recent questions that I've had, just in case these questions apply to you. And of course, I'll still always be on the other end of email and social media if you do need anything and it's not among the questions that I'm answering today. So if you do need anything, remember you can reach out recipethis.com and we can help you with whatever you're struggling with. So let's jump on to your burning questions. Okay, so I've divided it up between questions that have been asked for the Instant Pot, um, the Ninja Foodie, and of course, the Air Fryer. So let's start with the Instant Pot. Can you cook pork chops in the Instant Pot? Yes, you can, and they're absolutely delicious. And there's a few different options you can do. For example, did you know that you can actually cook frozen pork chops in the Instant Pot, even when they're stuck together, or use the Instant Pot to defrost your frozen pork chops? In our Instant Pot frozen pork chops recipe, we mentioned that our chops are all stuck together. There's no way we could possibly separate them. So we give them a zero-minute cook time first just to separate the pork chops. And you can cook pork chops with a mushroom gravy. You can do it with a sauce. You can do pork chops on potatoes. The choices are simply endless. Question number two. Is there a rule of when to use your trivet? Now that's interesting because we all use our trivet to a certain extent in the instant pot. And the thing about it is there's no real information of people saying, right, you should use the trivet for this, but you shouldn't use it for that. So what I would recommend is a trivet is absolutely fantastic for cooking something that's not in the liquid below. So if you want to cook something and you don't want it in the liquid, that is the time to use the trivet. For example, if you were cooking instant pot hard-boiled eggs, then you wouldn't want to do them in the water, so you would use a trivet or an egg stand or whatever you've got for that. If you want to steam vegetables, 
The idea behind steamed vegetables is that they're cooked above the water again. So in this case, I normally have the trivet and then a steamer basket on top of the trivet. You could cook a whole chicken in the liquid, so forget the trivet, but you could also cook it on the trivet. I would cook it more in the liquid if I wanted it to be pull apart chicken because by being in the liquid, it cooks faster. And that's another thing. If you want your food to actually cook quicker, then if you lose the trivet, you'll achieve this. For example, if you're doing mashed potatoes, you could do them in a steamer basket if you wanted to, but you could also do them directly in the liquid. It just comes down to how quick you want the food cooking using the trivet. And um, if you're steaming or boiling, because if you think about it, when you... But when you avoid the trivet and you're cooking directly in the liquid, then you're essentially boiling in the instant pot. Now, question number three, another trivet question. Do you have to put the meat on a trivet or uh, can I do it in the liquid? Well, I've kind of answered that already in question two, but basically you can do it either or. If you think of um, when you slow cook meat and you have the liquid around it, you can do the same thing with an instant pot. Just make sure there's enough liquid to bring it to pressure. And of course, the meat will cook quicker if you're not using the trivet. Question number four. Best pot pot roast method for the instant pot. Can I say frozen here? I know that sounds really wrong, doesn't it, to say that I prefer frozen, but honestly, uh, I've cooked pot roast a few times in the instant pots, and my favourite method is a frozen chuck roast. And then you pressure cook in your chuck roast with your seasonings, making it all lovely and flavoursome. And then when the pressure's done with, you remove your chuck roast, allow it to rest so that you can uh, chop it up before serving it. And then whilst it's resting, you can cook the carrots and the potatoes in the instant pot. Or some people prefer to blanch them first so that the potatoes and carrots go in, then the meat goes in. It's totally up to you. But just remember that generally speaking, when you're cooking meat in the instant pot, the cook time's anything from 40 minutes to an hour, whilst potatoes and carrots can be done in five minutes. So you have to get those timings right to achieve the best pot roast in the instant pot. Next question. Can the instant pot be used like a crock pot? Yes, it can. But you have to be aware that you need to press this particularly applies to the Instant Pot Duo, you need to press the slow cooker button multiple times and then it will adjust it because the normal setting of the slow cooker on the Instant Pot is incredibly low. So you need to adjust this to high because otherwise after 12 hours your slow cooker food will still not be done. Uh, But yeah, you can use it just like you would a slow cooker but make sure it's on the high setting. And then you just load your food in like you normally would. And then you just uh, place the lid on the instant pot, but don't set it to sealing. Just leave it on venting. And then note that it's not as quick as a crock pot. 
So a recipe that would take four hours in a crock pot adjusts to five hours for the instant pot. And another fantastic benefit of the instant pot for the slow cooker is you could saute your meat first in the instant pot and then change it to the slow cooker function for slow cooking it. So you don't have to move your meat somewhere else. Or maybe you've just finished slow cooking something and then you want to thicken it afterwards. Well, the same rule would apply. And then the last question I have for the Instant Pot. My yogurt is five hours in. Do I stir it? No, you don't. Um, With the Instant Pot yogurt, you leave it there for eight hours without touching it. And then you transfer it to the fridge for another eight hours. And again, you don't touch it. So it's gone 16 hours without being stirred, without being messed with. You've literally just left it sat there. And then what I also recommend when doing the yogurt is that you put the yogurt on originally in the afternoon, uh, let's say 2 p.m. And then you're transferring it to the fridge at 10 p.m. just before going to bed. And then whilst you're sleeping, it's doing its uh, chilling in the fridge. And then it's ready the next day to be strained and made into thick, yummy yogurt. And that's the main questions I had for the Instant Pot. Now, let's talk Ninja Foodie. Ninja Foodie, I've noticed, is becoming more and more popular among our readers. I find it fascinating because it's like... um, It's everything the Instant Pot is, but you're gaining a really good air fryer as well. So if you've got an Instant Pot and you're wondering, do I need a Ninja Foodie? Just note that uh, I would choose the Ninja Foodie over having um, an air air fryer lid attachment to the Instant Pot. So the questions I had for the Ninja was, any tips for a pork casserole in the Ninja Foodie? Well... If I was doing a pork casserole in the Ninja Foodie, what I would do is I would probably um, saute some onion and garlic and some pork first um, so that you can add a bit of colour to your meat. Then I would add in um, the casserole pre-chopped mix uh, from the supermarkets because they are amazing because you've got a huge bag of casserole uh, mix and you can literally just throw it in to the Ninja Foodie and it will cook it for you and then you're saving yourself all that prep work. And then I would add in whatever liquid um, that I'm going with. Um, So this could be, if you're doing pork, you could do cider, you could do apple juice, uh, whichever you want. And then you could add in some pork stock if you wanted, but it's not essential uh, because your cider or your apple can be your stock. And then once it's pressure cooked, I would I would remove the pork, uh, put the pork to one side. And then I would add in a load of Philadelphia cream cheese uh, to make it lovely and creamy. And then I would chop up the pork, put it back in and stir it. And then I've got a delicious pork casserole ready for serving. Dirt, of course, you can do it however you want. That's just a really, really quick method. Um, You could also um, just add your chunks of pork, casserole mix and some tin tomatoes and do it more like that. It's totally up to you. 
And then the other question I have, which I've seen come up quite a lot lately, actually, is I have the Ninja Foodie. Is it worth getting the soup maker too? In the UK, we're all big on the soup makers. I have the Ninja brand and it's absolutely amazing. And I also have the Ninja Foodie. But you know what? I would be lost without my Ninja um, soup maker which in the US they call um, the Ninja Hot and Cold Blender because it's also my main blender in the house. It's my main smoothie maker as well. And it's also brilliant for when you're cooking something in the Ninja to have something going at the same time in your soup maker. For example, even though I love soup in the soup maker, I use it a lot for making sauces So you can be making a homemade tomato sauce in your soup maker whilst you're making um, a delicious uh, chicken casserole um, in the Ninja. Or the soup maker is also fantastic for making smoothies in the summer. You can also use it for so much more. I've used it to make chicken liver pate with. So whilst a Ninja foodie can make soup, Most people don't have the soup makers just for making soup, if that makes sense. So it depends what you want a soup maker for. If you literally just want to make a vegetable soup with it, then don't bother buying it. You can do the Ninja Foodie for that. And then on with air fry questions. The number one air fry question I see so much is... Is it true you can't use fry light in the air fryer? And yes, that is totally 100% true. You can't use, I think they call it PAM uh, uh, fry spray, something similar to that in the US. I'm not quite sure. Um, But anyway, the problem with it is it's the chemicals that is in it uh, damage kitchenware incredibly fast. So by using the in the air fryer you can be damaging your air fryer but um, people have it because it's low calorie all you need to do instead is create yourself a bottle and fill it with extra virgin olive oil spray and you can use that instead it's so much better and if you are on diet our bottles of extra virgin last forever because you really don't use much when you're air frying air frying really does cut down on the fat calories in case you were wondering another question for the air fryer is um cooked hard boiled eggs for eight minutes at 320 fahrenheit and they're rubbery why that is because you have cooked you had boiled eggs at, at a much too high temperature and eggs, when they're overcooked, they do go rubbery and are hard to peel. The ideal temperature for hard boiled eggs in the air fryer is 120 Celsius. That's 300, uh, that's 250 Fahrenheit. Sorry. So if you think you're 70 degrees too high on that, And for hard-boiled eggs, it's a waiting game. 16 minutes for hard-boiled, 10 minutes for soft-boiled. You know, you can't go at a high temperature like this because it's just you're just going to ruin your eggs. It's just a total waste. And another air fry question. Can you do a whole chicken with stuffing? Yes, you can. You can do... um, 
an air fry whole chicken and then fill the cavity with stuffing. Or you could make um, stuffing balls and then place them in the gaps in the air fryer when the whole chicken's cooking for, say, the last 10 or 12 minutes. And then they will cook perfectly like that. By doing the stuffing in the cavity, the problem we have there is that um, because the cavity is now full, it adds to the cook time. So if you would normally do in a whole chicken for, say, 45 minutes, you'd be talking an hour instead. Whilst if you did the stuffing balls, you could keep the original cook time. So just note that. And to be honest, it's easier doing stuffing balls. I love stuffing balls. Grew up on sage and onion stuffing balls. They're the best. I really can't complain about them. They're just lovely. And the final question was, can I use my air fryer without accessories? Now that's really interesting because like when you buy an instant pot, it's all about you bought the pot, now get your accessories. Well, there's quite a few accessories I use for the air fryer. But... I don't use them every time I cook. You know, I would say, what, we've got just over 500 recipes on recipe this um, for the air fryer. And looking at those recipes, um, I'm just thinking now, I would say that more than half of them are done without an accessory. So you've got lots of choice when it comes to air fry recipes that you can make without accessories. But, you know, if you want to do cook certain things in the air fryer, then you will need accessories. Off the top of my head, I can think of air fry hard-boiled eggs, an air fry whole chicken, uh, doing fries, doing frozen food, doing vegetables. These are all things that you can do without earning any air fryer accessories. But on the other side of it, if you want to do... um, a chocolate cake or a Victoria sponge. Um, if you want to do any sort of cake, you want to um, cook things in ramekins, then you do need accessories for those. But if you're new to the air fryer and you're just getting started, you could go the first month or so learning the air fryer by avoiding recipes that require air fryer accessories. And then... As you've learned and things have come along, you can choose the right accessories for you. So there you have it. There's a few questions answered for you. And of course, if you do have any questions for us, just reach out to us at recipethis.com and we'd be more than willing to help you. Well, that is a wrap. I recommend you head over to recipethis.com and check out all the kitchen gadget recipes. After all, there are more than a thousand to choose from. Also, please, please, please leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode because the more reviews means the more people will find us and learn about the magic of cooking with kitchen gadgets. We've also created an awesome podcast index for you at recipethis.com forward slash podcast. You can grab all links mentioned, resources and explore other episodes. Thanks again for listening and ciao for now.